Thank you for joining us today at LDI for Geezers of Gear, episode number 58. Nine? Eight. 58. Episode 58. Today's podcast is brought to you by ACT Lighting. ACT is North America's leading distributor and manufacturer of entertainment technology products with award-winning brands including MA Lighting, Ayrton, Chainmaster, AC Power, Robert Juliet, and MDG, as well as a cable and interconnect solutions for virtually any audio, video, data, or power distribution need from Rapco Horizon, Proco, and Roadhog. Visit ACT at LDI booth 1237 to see the industry's most innovative products such as Ayrton's IP65 rated Perseo Profile Luminaire or Graphicadelic Huracan X. The entire Grandma 3 series of consoles from MA Lighting, the SpotMe control system from Robert Juliet, and the new Sidecar DMX Opto Splitter from AC Power. ACT employs over 600 team members who are each dedicated to providing exemplary service and support and ensuring the show goes on by maintaining inventory and 24-7, 365 technical expertise in nine locations throughout the United States, Canada, and Mexico. Visit actlighting.com, and if you haven't already signed up for the greatest trend in great deals, you need to check out text for gear Just text the word GEAR to 866-669-GEAR, and you will receive one text per week in your chosen category of sound, lighting, or video, or get all three. These deals are not available anywhere else, and sell out quickly. Don't miss out. So here we are, it's LDI time, and uh, we have a very fine and distinguished and quite handsome with a very sexy Barry White voice <laughs> gentleman today, Bob Harmon from Eggshell Lighting in Hawaii. Aloha, Aloha. Bob. Aloha. Hey, how are you? Excellent. I know it's stupid when white guys from Florida say aloha, right? <laughs> We're not supposed to do that, are we? You're not wearing the shirt to go with it. <laughs> That's true. Neither are you. Fair enough. <laughs> and, you know, one of the greatest things for anyone who knows Bob is that uh, every single time we see him at LDI, Bob carries around a roller bag full of Kona coffee. And, uh, well, it's not Kona anymore, is it? It's, well, it's Lion French, coffee. It, well, it's French roast today. It is Lion coffee. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but he, carry, he brings a bag full of Hawaiian coffee, and uh, I can't even tell you the first time this happened to me, but probably it's got to be 20 years ago that, uh, you know, Bob came up and said, hey, Marcel, here, have some coffee. And every year I've looked forward to running into Bob at the show. It's, it's his trademark now at the LDI show, and it's very much appreciated by everyone who knows you, I'm sure. And... Uh, Bob said it gets him invited to a lot of parties, too. So, Absolutely. Yeah, so that's a good thing. So we appreciate you coming in today, Bob, and joining us. Um, you know, you're a guy that, uh, first of all, we've uh, done a lot of business with, um, both at GearSource and prior, you know, Henry with High with, End, uh, me at Martin. Um, you know, we've, we've both known you for a really long time and, and appreciated everything you're doing. You do some fine quality stuff. You are the man 
uh, in the Hawaiian Islands. And um, so, you know, leading up to this, I, I went and kind of researched a few notes. You know, you're a pretty secretive guy, so there's not a lot of things uh, that uh, I could find about you. But one of the things I learned was that you actually started Eggshell at 16 years old, and I had no idea That's true. that that was the case. And so even prior to that, I read a, a little story about you that you were mowing lawns for a cameraman who was working with Charlie Chaplin. That's true, and his we, wife was a Keystone Cop bathing beauty. That's insane. That's wild. So where was that? That was in uh, Corona Del Mar, California. That is insane. The, the deal was that uh, be, they paid me $1 and I could read the uh, Keystone Weekly. That's incredible. And, uh, if I got to the end of the weekly and asked for another, I'd, they, the, the, uh, the gal would slap me on the back of the head and say, you get them once a week like we did. <laughs> That's hilarious. And you were what, like 12, 12 years old or something, 13 years old? Uh, younger than that, like 9 and 10. What? Yeah. And you were already interested in that stuff? Um, yeah, I was pretty fascinated by all of wow. it. Wow. Um, yeah, I don't want to go there. Can I, oh, you know, oh I, I, will, um, I broke my leg twice in my life. Okay. Uh, at the hip. Yeah. Once when I was three, my brother was playing the airplane with me, with, you know, the hand and the, uh, and the leg and, and spinning let, around. Let you mom, go. Mom yeah. called, he let go. And oh, Jesus. Okay, mom, here I come. Broke myself at the hip. Yeah. Nine wow. months in a body cast. Oh. And I did that again nine years, uh, six years later when I was nine. Uh, I went down a hill on a friend's bike. He he got his brand new one. I turned the handlebars and the wheel hit halfway. Hit the, hit the curb, came down, broke it a second time. Oh, uh, same leg, same leg, same spot. Yeah. Oh yeah, Jesus. You know, and my mom got the call. You know, he's not. You know, you know your son's not going to walk. And you know, oh, I, I tried myself and said, so you, you bet I will. Yeah. So you know the way it healed and stuff. I kept my my feet are outward and I kind of walk like Chaplin. Mm -hmm. So, hence, for me, that was an affinity. Oh, and wow. here I found this guy who needed, you know, a, a kid to mow his lawn. And, uh, you know, we talked for a bit, and he told me his story. And that just, that was kismet. And you just happened to live in the same area he did. A few blocks and, away. Yeah. yeah, and you were mowing lawns like most kids were to make a few bucks. There you go. That is unbelievable. And so, um, the next thing I read was that at the ripe old age of 12 you uh moved with your family to hawaii and very quickly started your first business that's true which was called what old timers film services so I, why uh, would a 12 year old call a company old timers film services well when you're 16 you wear a straw hat and you wear braces uh, right. suspenders i call them but the english correct me really quickly because yeah. they titter when i call them suspenders okay um um Where'd the name come from? Yeah, Old Timers Film Services. I just came up with it because it was cute. Uh, you know, I was a young kid. I was 12, and I walked in, and I, I reeled up some films I had. My brother actually had a psychedelic lighting company during okay. the 60s. Yeah. And because of the, uh, um, the couple that I had met that I had mowed lawns for, they actually gave me some footage as well. So I, wow. I reeled up these films uh, for them, and uh, they went, these are unbelievable, kid. I mean, this is before VCRs even existed. And they basically said, uh, you know, where the heck did you get these? And I told them, you know, the story of it. And he goes, kid, uh, we'd love to have you here on, you know, on the weekends and you can show your films and stuff. But, you know, you're 12. You can't work past 6 o'clock. That's and, hysterical. And that, and that was the rule. And so I found out in Hawaii that, well, 13, however, if you're willing to pay your taxes and you start a business, <laughs> they'll be glad to have you do it. 
And so at 13, I, I got my business license and I went into old timers film services and I showed these films. By the way, years later when I was 16, not looking nearly as cute anymore. Yeah. And, a, and a, a guy who really appreciated the films, he likewise said, you know, these are unbelievable. Where'd they come from? And of course, now I'm talking about, oh, a lighting company I used to work for, my brother's psychedelic oil right. and show. And he goes, really? That, that is actually the first time I heard the word kismet. Yeah. He said, kismet. And he goes, why? Well, he said, what does that mean? He goes, it means this is your chance, kid. I, um, I did a show last week outdoors in Hawaii at Andrews Amphitheater, and the uh, wires and cables glowed red while it was raining. Okay. And it was Diodato, and he walked off stage, and he said, you guys aren't going to, you guys are never going to work again. And we have a show this weekend. Kid, can you do it? <laughs> wow. And I said, yes. Yeah. So I big borrowed and stole gear and uh, did a show with Brewing Shipley, Ballad of a Country Dog, One Toke Over the Line. At 16 years old. At 16. That's, That's incredible. insane. That is completely so, crazy. So just and getting back to, the, to the, the films that you did, when you spool them up, did you splice them together like multimedia stuff? or was they? No, they were, they, were, they were complete two, shorts. Okay. They were complete shorts and then just silent 8 millimeter at that point? Or what was it? 8 and 16. Wow. So the business was showing people these Oh, yeah, films? sure. Yeah. Huh. We, you know, I go to the universities and I would show films and the like. And, um, yeah, that's exactly right. That's wow. And, you know, in, a, in a pizza parlor, it kind of made sense. Kids would stick around. Did you actually yeah. make any money doing it? Oh, yeah. Really? I got paid $300 a night. What? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so who was behind this? Was your, was your dad an entrepreneur or, like, did he push you to, my you dad, know? My dad's a real crafty man. Yeah. Um, gosh, the reason we moved to Hawaii, he was an, he's an engineer, still mm -hmm. is. He's still alive. He's 93. Wow. He's in great shape. And he still works? Uh, no, no, no. Oh, not, you said not, he still is an engineer, so I was... No, because his mind still works. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Engineer. I see, I and see. And he's sharp as a tack. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, he's, he's had multiple businesses over his life. Uh, in, he used to be in aeronautics, and that, that job folded in uh, Southern California. Right. And so they, they said, well, we have an option. We can either move to Maryland, and I can continue this, or we can go to Hawaii. And they made me believe I was the one to help decide it, and then yeah. off to Hawaii we yeah, went. yeah, yeah. Um, well, yeah, you're we, a 12-year-old well, kid thinking, you know, do I want to go where there's yeah. beaches and warm weather or do I want to go to Maryland? And, and ironically, Tough what, choice. it wasn't to do aeronautics, though, in Hawaii. It was oh. to do submarines because wow. a, a capsule is a capsule. It doesn't matter. Huh. But let me tell you a, a unique story about my dad, among, among other things. So I came home from uh, school one day, and it was like a Wednesday, and uh, my dad's home, and that's kind of interesting. And he's drinking beer, and I'm thinking, wow, this is really unusual. Saturdays he does this. Must have been a hard day, and I kind of said, you know, I'll, I'll let it go, you know. <laughs> and uh, the next day I, I go in, and I, I see my dad, and he's, he's out there, and he's got beers again, and I just got home from school. And this guy's sitting there going, Jack, you live on a hill. You should have expected this. Look, the master bedroom's starting to separate, and uh, it's going, you know, it's just going to cost you money. It's going to cost you, I don't know, $60,000. You just take, a, you know, a second mortgage on your place, and I'll take care of this. We'll get it done. And my, my dad just looked at him and shook his head, and the guy stormed off. And, uh, you know, $60,000 back then is almost two fifty, three hundred thousand today's money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What year was that, just just roughly? Was that? This would have to be, I'm in high school. I graduated so, 75. So, so this yeah, would be 71. like 70, 74, 73. Okay. So anyways, um, I come back, come back on Friday. And, uh, well, as, uh, as wondering, you know, as soon as I got there, he, like, he ran downstairs 
and he got the car jack out of the Pinto. And he went re- defiantly into that corner and jacked up the thing. As, as his buddy walks in, he goes, Jack, Jack, holy crap, you know, what are you doing here? You're going you're gonna, you're gonna to have a Wizard of Oz scene right here, yeah. and I'm not going to pull you out. Yeah. And uh, about that time, a cement truck pulled up. And uh, they came up and started pouring cement in, and they brought the cement, and I guess he had boarded off the area, raised the cement up to reach all the points that were now sagging, but lifted by that damn jack, which was frozen in time and still there today. Wow. Really? <laughs> and so what, what did he teach me? He taught me, you know, uh, you know, whenever everybody says the answer is yeah. know, black or white, there's a lot of gray in the middle. Of yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Out. Well, you learned that with your second broken leg, too, you know, <laughs> yeah, when yeah. they said you probably weren't going to walk, and you said, yeah, let's figure this one out. Yeah. So, yeah, wow, that's a great story. So the house was basically falling down the hill. Yes. And, uh, and so, you know, somebody was going to charge him 60 grand to fix it, and he fixed it for next to nothing. And it still Jack sits is still there, there now. today. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. And d- does he? He doesn't still live in the same house. Oh no, no, no. No, but the house is still there. And oh yeah, yeah, that's crazy. In fact, I, I did it again a few years later. Um, it certainly worked. Yeah, that's and great. Ra- Why not raise the earth? Yeah, that's awesome. That's fantastic. So your dad obviously instilled this, uh, you know, work ethic and and just you know need to get stuff done and and uh, resourcefulness. I mean, not every twelve-year-old kid is starting businesses. Hon- honest to God, is what I'm getting at. You know, I, th- I think that you <clears throat> know I, I got some slack because of the injury I had <laughs> and things, but at the same time, I don't think I was ever told no. Yeah. And and luckily, uh, in high school, I had the opportunity. They had w- was um, uh, kind of a flexible schedule they were trying out, and uh, the, you didn't have class every single hour. And allowed me to, to do business. Um, here's another story. I, was, uh, I think it was a Saturday because I dedicated Saturdays to business. Okay. And so uh, I, you know, now I'm trying to get business doing shows. Yeah. And uh, and I've got this book, and it's basically like a booking agent book. And you know, some of the phone numbers are good. Some of them have been reprinted, and you, you get dead ends and the like. And I would just keep begging, but I eventually got somebody, and I, I got the band. Uh, uh, hey, hey kid he's not here right now but i'm in the band leonard skinner and oh, let, wow. what are you going to do for us and yeah it, and i started like you know pontificating and waxing you know poetic about roscaline colors and how, how they work you know against other colors and my dad's calling me in the background i'm on this phone and i'm in my bedroom and uh he's you know i'm not responding and he, he's, now he's outside my door and he's knocking hard and i, and I said dad dad can you give me a minute i'm busy well, I guess that threw him. He threw that door open. He looked around the room, <laughs> and it's like a wreck. I got all these notes. That's where I'm running my office out. Of, yeah, that's right? crazy. I have like a you know closet door that I open up that would hide the uh, calendar that's behind it, and you know empty bottles and things all over the place. And he goes, you know, um, I don't know what you're going to do with your life, but you better be able to afford a damn maid. And he slams <laughs> the door. <laughs> and I remember I remember writing it down quite consciously. Must be able to afford a damn maid. <laughs> <laughs> so I took that as another lesson. To That's fantastic. That is amazing. And you have a maid these days now, right? <laughs> well, I, I mean, the other funny I did for thing. For a long time. The other funny thing is that, uh, you know, one thing I learned doing business in Hawaii is that they don't like to do business with foreigners. You know, with with uh, mainlanders or whatever they're called, and. Um, so you probably were not only fighting an uphill battle that you were a kid and it was tough to get taken seriously, but you'd really only lived in Hawaii for what, four years, three or four years. 
and here you are going out against people that were born and raised in Hawaii. Sure. Yeah, so that had to be a bit challenging, no? You, you know, the, the unions and things, uh, people who had done this for a long time, you know, here's a 16-year-old kid getting work and the like, and that, that was not, no. you know. So at that point, was it eggshell lighting? Had you, had you transitioned to egg, the name eggshell or oh, not oh yet? Oh, yeah, so... So how so did you let me tell you the story? Okay, yeah, I need to know how eggshell came about, right? Yeah, so I'm I'm shipping gear for the first time in our island, and back then they, this, the baggage handlers were the same people that handled freight. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I had a friend of mine. He, he had a soundboard, twenty thousand dollars back then, a hundred thousand today, easy. And he, uh, they dropped it out of an airplane. Nothing to receive it. It just shattered. It was sitting there in the tarmac. And what the hell are you guys going to do about this? He's just bent to, you know, really upset. And then they turned to me and they said, kid, what's in your cases? And I said, eggs. There's eggs in our cases. And with no association, they're hand carrying all this metal work onto the airplane. And uh, he's fit to be tied. But it was, it was brilliant for a while. I, for like s six months, our, our equipment would fly for seven cents a pound agricultural rate. It would bump <laughs> baggage to get there. And uh, we go over to freight and I'm looking for a dimmer and I'm sitting there going, I'm looking for this thing. It's about three and a half feet tall and a couple of feet. Oh, like a refrigerator, right? You got you covered. And they pulled out, out of, you know, out of the deep freeze comes my dimmer covered in frost. <laughs> oh, my word. And I said, geez, buddy, you know, it's a joke, son. It's, it's the eggshell light company. And there it was. Oh, that's wow. wild. And there it's always been. That's hilarious. That's interesting, right? <laughs> I always wondered where that name came from because it doesn't sound very Hawaiian. No. You know, seashell. Well, <laughs> you well, know? You know, that's just the thing. Back then, like, sea fat, I mean, all the names were, you know, were all kind of trendy. And yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Sunset lighting. So they all meant something. So tell us a little bit about your first lighting rigs. You've been in the business now how long, right? Since, so we're talking... 74. 74, so we're talking, what, 45 years. 45 years now, right? Jesus. So... That's you a know, while. You know, your, fir a while. your first He's lighting... He's sitting here thinking about it going, God damn, has it really been 45 years? That's incredible. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, so so I, I made the commitment for the first show. Yeah. Right? And so I'm sitting there going, how am I going to get this gear? Well, I, I, I worked for the uh, uh, drama department, so I borrowed stuff from the TV department and vice versa. And that wasn't a problem. And I'm sitting there one, you know, trying to figure out how I'm going to build um, lighting trees. And I'm in, I'm in my sc uh, school, high school cafeteria, and there's like um, two lunch lines. And they go down left or left and right, and they converge toward the center, and people come back to, to, just to, yeah. to eat, right? Between those, there's two-inch pipe, and some local guys, you know, the smallest one, they're they're just fooling around during lunch, and uh, and you know, the first kid starts, oh, you know, the bolts are starting to move from the wall, and he he gets up, and the next guy gets on, and uh, by the time they got to the last guy, you know, Polynesian guys. Mature much faster. I mean, yeah, you know, I guys, think the guy yeah. in the football team weighed 350 pounds in high school. Yep. And, uh, you know, once he threw his, you know, his weight on there, you know, the pipe totally bent. The bolts flew out of the wall, you know, took the mounts with them and down on the floor, clank like hell. And, you know, people are going, oh, my God, they're going to beat us with pipes. <laughs> and all I could think in my head was, kismet. Ah. And I went up to him and I went up to the biggest guy and I said, you know, because I didn't want him to bend the pipes. I said, I'm the, you're in charge of the money. Here's the money. And I want you to make sure that these guys follow. You know, when I give, give you guys a nod, they're going to line up and they're going to put all their weight on these pipes. And they're going to, you know, the pipe, they did just that. Like five, five kids line, line up, 
throw their weight in the pipe. The pipe would clink to the floor. Oh my God, they're going to beat us with pipes, as it thinks everybody else. And uh, eight pipes later, I've got enough to build two light trees. <laughs> my word. Jesus. So, so I took those pipes and I took those mounts and I put them onto pallets and I made a cross piece and hung those lights on it. And darn, it's top heavy, top heavy. I mean, so we tried adding you know, guy lines to it. It still seemed kind of squirrely. Bring your spare tires over here. Oh my God. So now they got a stack of spare tires on this pallet with this thing on top. And uh, that, that was my lighting tree. And my, my, I had four dimmers, which were giant circular auto transformer dimmers. So it's oh, phosphate. So, yeah. You know, a, they weren't quite saltwater dimmers, but they no, were the next evolution up, right? Those, right. Are, those are really cool. That's a different story. But, <laughs> but anyway, so, so we, we did the show. The only thing we really couldn't fake were two things, the headset and the, uh, and the spotlights. So we took the uh, – my, my kids, uh, guys working with me, actually, not kids – my peers at that time, they went and um, uh, learned how to run the, uh, the carbon arcs, and that, mm -hmm. and that was fine. We, we needed a, a headset system because we saw people wear headsets. Yeah, right, yeah. You know? And uh, we took a Marshall amp, and we said, okay, we need, we'll get headsets from the foreign language department. And uh, my electronics buddy goes, uh, you know, we can't use this. There's, there's a circuit in here. And I said, well, bypass it. <laughs> and, you know, we have till Monday. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And so, uh, so he, he starts doing that. So they had it hooked up to a Marshall amp, and we had that. And I had this old beat-up pick uh, pickup truck that I had bought for 300 bucks from a guy that, um, uh, I guess he was, he was like a Filipino gardener. I mean, my Filipino gardener doesn't want a truck. You know it's not in good shape. Yeah. And I'll tell you more what happened to that truck in a bit. But anyway, with that amp bounced out of the back, and it broke into pieces. Oh, Jesus. So now we, so we did this show. We pull off this thing uh, with Brewer and Shipley, and I'm, I'm starting to tear down. And this, this guy that I had met goes up to one of my friends on the spotlight, and he goes, you know, I can't believe you kids pulled this off. That's unbelievable. But he's, Bob, Bob's tearing down already. They're going to come back out for an encore. See, no, nobody told me about <laughs> encores. And, and I, I said, well, if you won't listen to you, he'll listen to me. And he grabs the headset, and he puts it on. And I'm, I'm not responding for shit. And he looks down and notices the plug is hanging in mid. <laughs> <laughs> I guess 300 hangs out in a lot of my conversations because it cost me half of $300 I got paid for. Oh, that. my wow. God. Oh, no. So I did that first one for 150 Jesus. So I'm guessing your parents by now are fully behind what you're doing. Oh, yeah. And your dad probably, you know, the obligatory, you know, $500 loan to help get your business started or whatever, right? No, my, my, my dad certainly was there for a lot of things, but it was an, another neighbor. Um, a man was a uh, child dentist and a child pediatrician. And uh, I got him to loan me $60,000. Wow. In what year, though? And right? you're 16. Oh, yeah. He loaned you sixty grand at sixteen 60. years I gave old. Him, yeah, the the deal was that he he got a third of my uh, of my company of the money, the profits, if you will. And I'm sorry, until he got paid back. And when wow. he got paid back, we, we would be done. It took me uh, about a year and a half. Was that your deal though? Like, did you make that deal? I did. That's incredible. That is wild. Like at sixteen, because that that's a smart deal. Instead of most 16-year-olds would say, I'll give you half my company or, you know. I mean, plus, what's your company worth at that time to <laughs> right. even go and say, I'll give you a third of my profits until you're paid back? I mean, 
that guy, number one, took a flyer on you. So obviously there was something about you that was different than most 16-year-olds, I'm guessing, which I already know that by based on the fact that you, you had a business at 12. But... Um, well, I, you know, honestly, I think he also helped structure the deal so that I would pay him back. I don't think he really wanted to be in it for the long run, but he also wanted to teach me motivation. Huh. Because to pay him off, you know, if you say, you know, I'm in for half, it's an infinite thing, you know. Right. You're going to put up with, you know, the good and bad forever, right? Yeah. And I think... Um, yeah, he just wanted to get his wise money back. And, Plus, and he knew where you lived. Did he even <laughs> give you a reasonable, like, interest rate? Like, was the interest rate very yeah, reasonable yeah. and stuff? It yeah. wasn't, like, loan shark rates or anything? Well, I mean, I think everything was loan shark rates yeah, yeah, compared yeah. to today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, that's that's wild. A six, 16-year-old kid getting a loan for 60 grand... And it was paid back in such a way that you didn't even have to give up any equity in your business. There you go. That's incredible. So what'd you buy with the sixty grand? So you you, you must have been you must have been disappointed in every deal you've made since then, because <laughs> none are going to be that good, I don't think. Right? That's a pretty damn good deal. So yeah, what'd you buy with what'd the sixty buy? grand? What'd you use the money 19, for? And did you have a business right? plan? Did you have a business plan that said, "Here's why I need sixty grand. Here's how I'm gonna." No. Utilize that sixty grand, etc. No. Hold on. Uh oh, Bob's pulled out his laptop. I'm guessing we're going to start seeing spreadsheets and stuff no, now. No, no, no. Give me We've just a, one second here. We're, we're no gonna, worries. I'm going to blow your mind. We're gonna, uh oh. <laughs> we have visuals. Yeah, remember, the, the remember, this is a podcast, Bob. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> our, our our guests can't see that. Our listeners can't see that. You, you can describe what you're seeing because that sixty grand allowed me to do my first arena show with Kiss. Holy oh. shit. Shit. And that's Look at where that. I, that's where I met the Crone Brothers of upstaging. You did an arena show with Kiss at what age? Oh, I think I just turned seventeen. That is insane. Okay, so for the listeners, seventy-five. Here, the PA are JBL forty-five sixties and yeah. W bins up on uh, these weird uh, flying decks. Yep, yep. <laughs> yep. And then we got uh, some almost pre-rigged truss. I see, right? They're big no, 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 no. That's the, antenna. Yeah, this, that's Antenna Trust, and McManus Enterprises was my competition in Honolulu wow. at the time. Uh, I was the first guy to bring a truss in because they, they had all the uh, Genie Air Towers, okay. and they were doing a lot of shows. So this was, like, really innovative. Jesus. Um, and I had two crank-up Vermette lifts because Vermettes were a big thing out of Chicago, and that's what I would get through upstaging. Yeah. And uh, I'm over here uh, in front of the Marshall Stack. It's really interesting because, you know, again, I'm, I'm just learning how to do this, right? And so the local guys have been to the beach, and they're barefoot, you know, and shirtless. <laughs> so I went, I guess that's what we have to do. And so I'm, I'm barefoot and shirtless, and that's me looking up, at, you know, the light that's being. That's let me see that. Not so, obedient. So just out of curiosity, was that the audio and the lighting that you bought? So that's no, your audio, no, no. too? or I just did the lighting rig. Yeah, okay. I, I bought some EDI dimmers and a couple of strimmer controllers. Oh, my word. And park hands. That's this awesome. is crazy. That is absolutely so crazy. So did you meet the band? I, you know, I, th I know I don't think so. I think I was just, you know, daunted by everything at that point. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So you used the sixty grand basically to put a real rig together, yeah. So that you could then go after shows. And how did you get Kiss? Kiss. Oh well, the, the audio company uh, had approached me, uh, Audio Hawaii. This is uh, Beth Perry in that that shot way back when, and they just gave me the opportunity. They said. Um, you know, we are watched you, you guys do, doing lighting, and you just got alone. I mean, you show it. You want? Are you ready? Ready? Yeah. And I went, oh yeah, I've I've been good ready. for you, man. 
I mean, I know 30-year-olds that wouldn't do what you just did there at 17 years old. That's incredible. That's crazy. I had no idea. That's that's That blows my mind. You know, my son's 15, and I just can't even imagine him doing the stuff that you were doing at that point. And, uh, you know, he's uh, he's very different than that. But, wow, congratulations. That's, an, that's amazing. I'm so, going to have to ask the upstaging guys their version of that story now. <laughs> Well, gonna, and now, now, as I say, we're celebrating this year. This is our 45th year in business. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. Uh, another, Bob brought props with him. Most of, exactly. our, most of our geezers, guests don't bring props, but Bob brought props. Uh, so first he gave us the coffee, and then he brought out his laptop and showed us this kiss rig. But um, he brought a, uh, a uh, flyer, brochure, page out of a magazine, whatever it is. But it's basically a celebration of 45 years in business for eggshell lighting. And um, he's got a list of his clients, like a sort of scribble on the wall list of clients. And there's some that jump out. And, you know, just to read a few of them, it's like the who's who. Bon Jovi, Sammy Davis Jr., John Denver, New Kids on the Block, Chicago, Crosby, Stills, and Nash, Elton John, uh, Huey Lewis in the News, the Ramones, Boz Skaggs, Boys to Men, Mariah Carey, oh and on and on. Bob Dylan, the Beach Boys, Earth, Wind, and Fire, Boston, Snoop Dogg. I mean, holy shit, really. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's, that's, quite a, that's quite a client list, you know? You know, I think anybody who's anybody goes to Hawaii at some point. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's also interesting, too. I mean, I get a lot of FaceTime with lighting directors. Yeah, and actually a lot of lighting designers because a lot of lighting designers put their hand on the shoulder of the lighting director. Why, huh? I think it's time for me to up the cues a little bit. Ah, and, that's uh, funny. And they come too. Yeah, but it's kind of interesting because you know if you're if I was in California or anywhere else, you would just do the show and that would be it. You know, and it gives me an opportunity to be in a place, and I probably probably go in a day early, and they program and the like. We spend some time. Yeah, you know, they teach me some things, and that's allowed me to be an LD myself. Right. And it's uh, amazing. So is um, Eggshell is doing pretty much everything, right? Everything from an arena rock and roll show to you would do a car show down at the convention center or a symphony uh, corporate yeah. meeting. Yeah. Uh, you'll light anything at this point pretty much, right? Sure. And, and we end with gusto. Yeah. And do you have an installation Vision. side of your business too, or it's all just rental? I do and I don't. Um, there's, there's been some places that have certainly asked, you know, can we pick up some gear from you because they trust me. Right. Um, but that's, you know, first and foremost, um, I love energy. I like the circus. Yeah. I, I, I love being able to build, you know, incredible things out of nothing and uh, exceeding people's expectations. Yeah. So you're in a remote location. I mean, technically, right? Sure. You know, everybody's, it's what, how, how long is the flight from L.A.? It's what, five, five hours, right? Something yeah, it's like actually that? six when for six, you guys right? to come my way. Okay, so I mean, you know, so just kind of jumping back, you, you you wrap up Kiss, right? Now you've started to make a name for yourself because now you have a satisfactory a rig. single yeah. show under yeah, your yeah, belt, yeah, well, <laughs> right? Right? Yeah, and it's for Kiss. So, yeah. so how long does it take for your name to get out? So, at this point, are you calling agents over in the United States, going, "Hey, um, I make shell lighting. When you come to Hawaii, think about me." How did that all grow? Or did it just snowball or, automatically yeah, it really after Kiss? Snowballed. Yeah. Well, I want to show you another piece of media. Uh-oh. Oh, okay. Mm. Uh-oh. Let's talk Talk about, ask me something else while I'm looking at uh. it. <laughs> no, so, all right. So, I mean, you know, 
you wrap up Kiss. It is now, I mean, so the Kiss show was what, 76, 77? It'd be 75, but you're so after I graduated. Oh, my word. So did you light your own graduation ceremony? Just out of curiosity. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, I mean, you, you obviously started advertising at that point. How did the business truly grow? Um, you know, honestly, there were like three, three main promoters in town. There was Tom Moffat, um, who was also a radio disc jockey. He was a good friend of Elvis uh, Presley, and uh, he had a lot of history of his own. There was another guy, his name was uh, Ken Rosine, and uh, I actually rented space, and uh, um, there was a local rag called Sunbums, and John, uh, John Leonard, JFL, uh, was the promoter, and mm -hmm. he had that, had that space, and he had a garage, and he had a for rent sign, and I said, well, if you want more business, I should go rent the space in his place. And, you know, suddenly I started doing all of his shows. That's incredible. Yep. Interesting. So mostly mainland acts at, the, at, at that point, or were, the, were you booking, uh, booking, sorry, booking, listen to me, booking a lot of uh, local stuff? What were you, what were you doing? Um, you know, local stuff too, but I, I certainly had um, every opportunity to do a lot of the you know, mainland artists. I'm um, trying to think, trying to think of a good story here. <laughs> well, so at that point, I mean, you know, you were you were the established lighting provider there, right? You had Hawaii Stage at the time, also, right, and theatrics that had, that had come into the market, also, right? You guys are sort of like the big three over there, correct? Theatrics would have been a lot later, but yes, you're absolutely right. So, in that point, though, I mean, you know, you continued to evolve, service your customers, and things like that. And I mean, based on everything that we've seen with your, you know, projection mapping, all that other stuff, it was you're sort of way up there. I mean, you're the premier lighting slash video vendor in, in Hawaii right now, right? Well, it sounds like you're hustling your butt off too. Yeah. Like you're going after it hard oh, and heavy. Oh, These other always. people probably didn't know what the hell hit them. They're like, who the hell is this kid coming in and taking all our work? What's going on? So, yeah. At what point did you cross over from being a foreigner to being a local? Like, when does that happen? When, is there a hard rule? When did you lose the Howley title? <laughs> you, you know, I, I think if you're trying to date the, you, the local guy's uh, sister, you're never, never going to be local. Really? Yeah. But, yeah. but I mean, at this point, I really know everybody's father or grandfather. Yeah. Or, or mother. Yeah. And, um, but when yeah. are you, your business, when is your business considered a local business versus, uh, I don't remember what Hawaiians call people who aren't Hawaiian. I think when, you, when we started doing... You know, here I had this concert rig, and Hawaiian artists would be, uh, you know, they're, they're used to getting, you know, red, green, blue on a stage and maybe, you know, a light for the singer. And I would be learning my chops, doing the best things I could. Yeah. And so I got pretty well respected in the local, you know, music yeah. industry. And that and that kind of filters out to their roadies and their friends. Yeah. And, uh, but early on, did you, ever, did you ever go for a more formal education on the lighting side of it? I tried. Yeah. I, in fact, I, um, sorry, University of Hawaii. I, I, I went to the, the University of Hawaii kind of because my, my father always wanted me to go to college. But so when I, I went to the theater department. And I but you're already in business, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I, and I said, you know, I, I'm doing lighting already and the like. And he went, no, that doesn't matter. You're going to start at the beginning. And we were cleaning Fresnels. Yeah. And that, that's pretty much what they were doing. And I said, well, what about, you know, these new memory boards, you know, back then we're not even talking computer memory, we're right. talking pin, pin matrix. matrix yeah. And uh, kid, you're never going to afford those kind of things. You know? And at that point, I 
she didn't go back the next day. Yeah, yeah, it didn't make a lot of sense because you were already sort of above their heads. <laughs> you know, you were doing stuff that they didn't think was even possible. Well, at they probably that point, had right? eight pin matrix boards in the warehouse already, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. So. yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's crazy how uh, sometimes I think schools lag a bit when it comes <laughs> to the technology and where the market's shifting. And, you know, I think they've picked up a lot now. Like, I think now schools have become much more uh, progressive when it comes to just, you know, figuring out where ma manufacturers are going and learning things like... Uh, you know, media servers and, uh, you know, I, it just seems like they're catching up a little bit now and they're probably getting pressure from private schools like Full Sail and stuff too, mm -hmm. where they kind of have to pick it up, you know, because you can't send someone out of theater school right now, you know, having learned only ETC source fours and, and uh, dimmers and stuff like that and not LED fixtures and, you know, video walls and everything else. I remember taking the uh, the Roscoe swash book, and I, I realized that the pages of the swash book would fit uh, slide frames, and I set up three slide projectors so I could practice different colors playing on people and oh, okay. that kind of thing. So that's kind of neat. My early previs. So yeah. a little bit about the Hawaiian market. You know, I, I guess it's somewhat unique. You know, uh, we talk about. I, I've done a ton of work in the Caribbean, so you have this whole island time thing, right? Where you just things are a little bit slower little bit more relaxed pace and I, I would imagine that if you're a motivated business guy that's going to drive you nuts right when you're trying to get rigs set up quickly taken down things like that how do you navigate that um it's interesting it's interesting particularly on the outer islands because i mean on, on oahu i certainly have the people who work with me all the time mm -hmm. when you pick up people on the outer islands to help you out that you don't know so well then you know you find out you know what priorities are and it's probably not with you because you're not giving them a full-time job yeah you know, you know my, my kids are there. My wife's not going to be able to pick, pick them up, and i got to go now. Yeah. But uh, there's a kind of an infamous story, kind of a background story of a friend of mine. that I think he's retired now. But he was doing a show on the Big Island, and it got to his loadout, and nobody showed up because surf was up. Oh, Jesus. Oh, my word. And he was, he was told, well, it's got to be out of here. The other guys are taking over you know, tomorrow morning. you got, you got six hours. Right. And uh, this, as the story goes, he... He pulled over six taxis. They said, run the meters. I need help with my baggage. Jesus. And they went inside and they tore his rig down. That's incredible. <laughs> so that was resourceful. I, I like that. No, but I mean, you know, you, you've obviously, you know, we all deal with deadlines. Obviously, production works on a deadline. And then, you know, things are slower paced. So how do you balance that out without not dropping dead of a heart attack? I don't know. I, I, it's, it's just, it's easy for me personally. I mean, it's, I love this stuff. I, I yeah, it's easy. I, to be I, I have so many, it. so many different shows on my plate, and they're all so different. Yeah, and uh, I'll have a glass of wine, and I'll, I'll just make make sure that I spend thirty minutes on each project. That's wild. So you, Henry, just touched on you know the the islands and some of the unique problems and stuff. So what are like aside from dealing with people who you know may find surfing to be more important than you know load in or whatever. Aside from from that, what are some unique challenges of doing business in Hawaii, uh, doing our business in Hawaii? It's got to be freight. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, you, you know, what would be a drive in California from Los Angeles down to San Diego is going to be across the ocean. Yeah. In fact, when we uh, first started our business, and it was before, uh, I want to say it was Reagan that changed it, 
but it was at 200, uh, now it's 200 miles, I think, is the limit of, like, the perimeter of the U.S. Okay. And that, that covers getting into Maui. But before then, you had to sign a waiver that your gear was going through international waters. Hmm. And it might be taken by pirates and things like that. Oh, my word. And, so, and, and as a result, your insurance isn't going to hold if there was, you know, if the ship got scuttled, you know, and you lost your gear, so, so be it. But even odder than that is, uh, you know, just simply the timetable of things. Whether, you know, you are a speck in the middle of the ocean. Weather can, can come out of nowhere. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, we have, we have un- unusual circumstances when we occasionally get this gust of Alaskan winds. And it's, I think it's last year it dropped into the high 40s and we were like freezing, you know. Yeah. And, and you still see like some of the tourists stripping down and running to the beach and the rest of us are all at Goodwill trying to buy parkas. <laughs> you know? So that was at sea level in the 40s? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh my God, it was just forty nine. But I mean, it was just like, wow, where'd this come from? Yeah. But um, bad weather can come up quickly, and so you can't just go, great, and I'll take that barge on Thursday. Yeah. The other thing is, when if it gets in on Friday, you know, Friday's kind of Palana time. You know, uh, it's time for us to um, call it a day and have a beer. We started at seven. Yeah. I don't really want to unload that stuff. Or, yeah. So you really try to book things like one more ship ahead so that you're safe, but. Um, I've had circumstances where you get last-minute shows and you have no choice. You know, I'll, I'll try to I'll try to get the gear there. I'll do my you know my right. damnedest. And you know, there's definitely been circumstances where. Okay, well, we're completely loaded. Well, you know, I'm not sure it's going to go today. And yeah, I know, I know. There's there's this ice chest full of full of beer, and we have no space for it. And frankly, we're going to you know celebrate our success, but you say it's not going to make it. So uh, it seems to me logical. Can you just get rid of it for us? Right. <laughs> and so with some amazement, you know, the, the, that freighter certainly takes our gear and off it goes. Yeah. Because the beer disappeared. Oh, there you go. Wow. That's yeah. So freight, um, you know, I know from having done business with you and other Hawaiians that, you know, typically it was it was like two day UPS air freight. Right. But. When you're getting fixtures and large things and you're getting them by boat, what, how much time does that take? Um, you, you can actually time it. You can get it down to about 10 days. Okay. But if you, if you just miss that barge, yeah. you know, it, can, it can easily be a couple of weeks. Yeah. And if I, if I dare say I buy something out of Europe, you know, it can go through you know, you know, South America track and take me two and a half months to get it. That's oh, incredible. Oh, Jesus. So you got a lot of planning. <laughs> that goes on. Yeah. And does freight make it so that it's virtually impossible to do any kind of cross rental from California? Oh, no. no I mean, I, you just have to play, pay air freight. Yeah. You know, your, yeah. Act, your act has to be large enough to absorb it. And, you know. Yeah. Well, because otherwise you're paying, you know, two or three extra weeks of rental while it's sitting on a ship. So air freight becomes really cheap all of a sudden, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That's That's tough. And are there any other, like, unique uh, challenges to doing business in Hawaii? Um, wear sunscreen. Yeah. yeah. There you go. You it's know, awfully we're, hot. We're, we're working outside all the time. Yeah. We, we had some lens, you know, we had some uh, road boxes that were covered in carpet, you know, the carpet cases. Mm-hmm. Nothing unusual there, except that uh, somebody, you know, right before lunch set a couple of Lico lenses down. And as we're having lunch, your gear's on fire, man. Jesus. <laughs> and we ran over there and we're beating it with beach towels and light, putting it out. And the lens had just picked up the, the light. Oh, my goodness. Lit the road box on fire. 
Yeah, that's, that's a not exciting. So when you say weather, I mean, you know, obviously big concern for, you know, ground support rigs and, oh, yeah. and, and stuff over in the States. You know, typically, you know, the ground supports that fall are typically in the springtime as, you know, you get the warm fronts and the cold fronts and you get the downdrafts and things like that. A lot of stuff happens in the southeastern United States of rigs going down. I would imagine you have similar rainstorms, things like that, that just absolutely come out of nowhere and you got to pull the rig in pretty quick, right? Oh, absolutely. So yeah. are so are you doing mobile stages over there? Or are you do, you doing traditional ground support rigs still? Um, I, I I don't get involved in staging at all. And, okay. And, uh, but the uh, you know we we do take because we have like HUD truss and mm -hmm. I'm sorry it's Tyler truss. Tyler truss. Now, yeah. But I bought it from you know HUD. From <laughs> yeah. HUD. yeah. Huddleston. Yeah. Um, but you can cover with plastic the tops. Uh, mm -hmm. of those trusses and that works pretty well for yeah. rain protection right but yeah i've had some squalls come out of nowhere have you lost a lot of gear due to weather yes are you moving <laughs> into any of the ip fixtures now like i know a lot of a lot of companies are Ale starting to Alation introduce Proteus. yeah yeah I, I got some of the very first ones the hybrids i used yeah at the waikiki show yeah they're brilliant well, and that's, it, it makes it a lot less stressful, a lot of peace of mind there that you can hang fixtures and not worry about uh, running out there and throwing garbage bags over them or whatever, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I know that, uh, I know Alation's got their line of IP stuff and Ayrton's got the Perseo thing that they're showing here, I think, which looks really nice. Um, I don't know if Martin has any stuff, but it seems to be much more common now. I think SGM was the first one to do it with some of their fixtures. They had the as uh, a standard fixture, yeah, yeah, IP rated. I remember uh, SGM was the very first company I remember seeing one of those, you know, pools with sprinklers uh, at the front yeah, of their yeah, yeah. booth at an LDI show, and you're going, "What the hell? <laughs> you know, what? Are you, let me save this thing." You know, because prior to that, it was all like uh, uh, eco domes and. Um, you know, we at the time we were selling one out of uh, out of Europe that was called a condom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was an inflatable eco dome, basically. And uh, but yeah, so yeah, weather can be an issue. No, I mean it's it's uh, like you said, Hawaii is a speck in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of the ocean. That uh, shit happens, right? Absolutely. So um, moving on to uh, to LDI. And um, you were here yesterday, right? Um, I was here yesterday. I, I, I came over from Honolulu. We were, we were doing shows with Janet Jackson. Okay. And I watched the second show start, and I caught an airplane came here. So the second overnight. show started yesterday? Yes. So you watched the show and then came over here? No, I watched it begin. Oh, okay. Once, once the show starts, then... Then you're okay. Yeah. Yeah, the and lights the came on. Leave. I can yeah. go. <laughs> That's wild. So when you're saying you're doing shows, she's doing multiple shows? And she'll have one more tonight. Oh, wow. Cool. All good. Yeah. That's great. Who else you got coming up that's big? Uh, Anything like exciting? To, yeah. I don't like talking about things in the future because oh, yeah. things they haven't change, happened yet. But I can tell you in the near past, um, we just did Backstreet Boys. Oh, that's cool. Um, we did four nights with them. Yeah. Um, I do, uh, let me think about that for a second. You know, Hillsong United, I think I showed you some pictures earlier. Yeah. was a big, uh, you know, faith-based faith event. Yeah. And that came off quite successfully. Yeah, the pictures were beautiful. And this this week we do Joe Coy. Yeah. He's a Filipino um, comedian. Okay. Mm -hmm. Wow. And then Lauren Daigle, which uh, is an up-and-comer that we have the week after that. I don't know who that is, but 
Sounds good. <laughs> Sounds exciting. She's she's doing very well. So did you manage to get to the show at all yesterday? I or did. Not just, yet? And I'm pretty, pretty much to walk in, hand some coffee out, shake some hands. So you haven't really seen much yet. Give some hugs to a lot yet. of LDs. You haven't seen much stuff yet. Um, I, I've seen, you know, I got heisted and went over to the Avalite. Uh, what is it? Spark, Split, splinter. Splinter. We yeah. went to that one the first night. Yeah. That's that pretty interesting. I it thought, is. I thought that was definitely a different way of doing things. Yeah. 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 We saw it on Thursday night and we had, uh, we had Steve Warren here yesterday. Oh, good. He came in and uh, recorded a podcast with us and that was a lot of fun. And he talked about why and what they're doing there. I mean, the one thing that kind of blew us away about Splinter was that they're doing it to sort of advance technology and advance the concept not to sell anything like they weren't trying to sell anything there i mean yes they did show some secret stuff in the secret room you know a glimpse of the near future um but uh aside from that uh they weren't really trying to sell anything so it's not like they set that thing up to make a bunch of money or whatever they just uh you know, they're just trying to advance the concept and the idea and, and show people where we can go with all of this, right? Yeah, and then they got a lot of FaceTime with people. Oh, that's, yeah. That's important. Yeah. Yeah, they're a fun company, and, and uh, I've always been a fan of uh, of Steve, too, so I love what he does. Do you use their product? I do. Well, I've, I, I have two arena boards. Okay. The, um, the Avalite equipment is um, it's pretty strong in Asia. Yeah. It really is an echo of Hong Kong. Yeah. You know? Yeah, being an English, you know, protectorate for so many years, that was the industry standard. What was entertainment and yeah. entertainment lighting? Yeah, that's what kids learned from. But did you see any new technology at all at the at the show yesterday? Did you come like into the convention center and get to see much, or um, just I, like you said, shook some hands and yeah, said well, hi to people? And you're digging in deep today. Y- yes, uh, yeah. to the latter. But the I, I did see a tracking system at Act Lighting that looked pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah, what's that called? I just talked about it in the uh, the intro. In the intro, <laughs> damn it! Now I got to go back and look for it. It is called the drum roll, please. Stand by. Here it comes. <laughs> it is called the. Oh my God! Where is it? I should know this. This is terrible. <laughs> spot me. Spot me. Yeah, it's called Spot Me. From uh, Robert Juliet. So Bob, where do you see the business going? So you know. Obviously, actual lighting, 45 years. Um, you know, you have a good collection of gear. Obviously, you have current stuff, you know, video projectors, all yeah. current automated stuff like that. Yep. So what's on your wish list? What's, you know, I look out and, boy, I could, re- you know, from my market, I could really use this. Or, you know, is it is it a product or is it something that sets up faster? Where, where do you... Yeah, we like to talk the about the, the thing that hasn't been manufactured yeah. yet that needs to be manufactured for you. Gotcha. Yeah. What's that? Um, well, you know, submersible lights. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of people are, you know, I'm going to do this thing in a hula dancer on the, on, the, on the water someplace, and I want some lights to come up and appear out of That's no interesting. Place. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I think that's I know cool. there's static fixtures that you can get, you know, for fountains and stuff like that, but I haven't, I haven't seen any automated stuff. It'd be, it'd be you know, awesome if they could rise to the surface and then uh, and then operate yeah that'd be and disappear cool. that'd be a cool look that'd be a very sort of cool like look. the circus la thing uh, the o show where the <laughs> the stage comes up out of the water right yeah you know, lights on it yeah that'd be pretty well badass. there's a few of those water shows where i could see something like that working out really well anything else anything else that uh would excite you like if if you uh you know if you could wake up this morning and say i want to walk in the show and find a boom you know that hasn't been developed yet 
Hmm. Nothing. Nothing. Man, Bob is just freaking happy. I think what I'm learning right now is we all need to move to Hawaii and just, you know, live a different life. Speaking of Hawaii, I wanted to ask you a question about, uh, and I can't remember the guy's name, but I used to do business with a guy who did a lot of, uh, he did audio stuff. And he, I'm trying to remember his name, but he was married to Don Ho's daughter. Really? You'll know this guy. Oh, my God. I mean, I've been in his house multiple times. It's just I haven't seen him in 15 years, and I don't remember his name right now, but it bums me out. Anyways, what are you showing us right now? Um, It's what I was going to show you guys earlier, because you you asked how quickly things picked up. Mm -hmm. So I did Kiss in 75. This is three years later. And these, oh, are, these so are the acts I would have done by then. We're looking at a list of acts that he did. This, this uh, was an ad. He did wow. over uh, over the next three years after starting with Kiss, and it includes lots and lots of... Uh, Rick Derringer, rock and roll, Hoochie yeah. Koo. Chuck Berry, <laughs> Fleetwood Mac. Jesus. Some of these, I don't even know who the hell they are. Paul Stuckey? Who the hell is that? George Carlin? So the phone just started ringing, basically, and you just started doing these shows, right? I mean, you established yourself. You were in that promoter's office and rock and roll after that, right? It, it seemed to be. Well, the thing that I seem to get from this conversation, and I already knew about you anyways, is you're very passionate about what you do. You love what you do, and you work very hard to make sure you do it properly. You know, it, quality matters, right? Sure. I mean, when a lighting director... Promoters make a deal, a production manager says yes, and a lighting director calls me, and he's, he's just scratching his head going, I can't believe that we're doing this, and, you know, this one-off over there, you know, and I just say, you know, let's just make this work, let's figure out this, and, uh, you know, exchange that fixture for this one, because the color mix will work better for you, Yeah. and I know those things, Yeah. Um, you know, we're kind of a microcosm, which also allows me to make interesting partnerships, Um I had the first Selco's when, wow. so, sorry, Avo, when Avo, the QM500 was the preferred brand. Yeah. And I, I cut a deal with John Lethbridge, uh, his company, and uh, the deal was, he, he goes, I, I need to buy a big 90-channel, you know, console, and I, I need a small 30 for my smaller stuff. And he goes, well, is that all you want, kid? And I said, no, no, we need pre-rig par bars, too. And he goes, do you have money for that? And I said, no, I need you to buy that. <laughs> and uh and he did oh wow and that's that, cool that got me the first dress rig but but going back to our conversation here i'm sorry i went off there but i will work with an you know any lighting director and try to put their show as close to you know what they can do with an unfortunately a, a promoter's budget that's been approved yeah but uh that's always interesting yeah but i mean at the end of the day quality does matter to you Absolutely. right like the end the end result what the what the what the person who's sitting in the audience sees does matter to you. Every time. And do you still get like goosebumps when you stand in front of house and the rig comes on and you go, ah, yeah, it's just like it was in previs or whatever, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, it, and it just comes up from, you know, below the spine and up to the head and you just, whoa. Yeah. And awesome. you feel like. Yeah. You, when you can, you well, feel that's probably the, the peyote too or whatever, right? But <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> they don't have peyote over there. I don't know what they it have was. That, that pepper drink over there that you drink that makes you hallucinate. I what don't is know. It? Um, <laughs> I have no idea. I just made that up. It was just something stupid and funny to say. Which well, occasionally I think you're I trying do. to say poi, but that's the. No, no, I, I said the, peyote. Yes. <laughs> anyway. 
So, um, you know, we spent a day yesterday at the, uh, at the trade show and yeah. walking around. Well, we not a day, a couple hours, because we were recording friggin' podcasts all day. But, um, you know, there's some cool stuff out there. I mean, I, I think LDI for a few years kind of got a little stale because everybody was just trying to one-up everybody on LED fixtures or on pitch getting a little tighter on screens. Right. Or now you've actually got some real innovation happening again. And like some of the things I saw row at the row booth, they've got a uh, like a, an interactive um, floor. That floor which is incredible. <clears throat> you know, it's like in their demo, basically, they'll throw a like a credit card or a business card and they've basically got a bunch of lines in the floor where if you touch it, it pulls the lines together in those spots, right? But you can throw a business card and it'll put a circle around it and draw all the lines to it. Wow. So it doesn't take much for these sensors to pick something up. It could be, you know, a car driving onto it, but it could be something as small as a business card. And... I mean, just incredibly cool and sensitive and, and really, really neat stuff. The black marble thing that they've done is really cool at Row. Um, obviously, the Claypacky Stelos. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to ask Insane. About. Are they actually showing it? Here? They're well, it showing is. it oh, yeah. in a big way. Wow. Yeah, it is. In a big way. So, I mean, they've still got some struggles and challenges with that because it's not easy to just throw on a show because you'd still have a laser variance to deal with and you sure. have to have a, an approved operator or whatever. And, you know, but Clay Packy and Osram are working very, very hard with the, the feds to lighten that up. It's already been approved in Europe for audience scanning base or for use for, uh, what do they call it? Like basically directly aiming yeah. at, at yeah, audiences. Audience um, here, the big thing is just keeping a particular distance. So they just want to make sure you're not within so many feet. And he told me what it was, and I forget. But, um, but yeah, I mean, they're showing it at the booth. And, and the thing that jumps out to you is something uh, related to just how it's designed, which is additive color mixing as opposed to subtractive. So usually most fixtures, we're used to seeing white being the most intense color sure. uh, on the fixture. This one's totally opposite. You know, the reds and blues that are coming out of this thing are unfreaking believable. Yep. Unbelievable. Like in, especially for me, magenta, I just go, wow. Every time this magenta color comes up, I'm just blown away by it. So, um, I think you're going to see the comeback of the, the video fixtures. I mean, yeah, so some of this you're using a laser source for moving it. Yeah, obviously, projectors and you know, mm -hmm. particularly bright ones now, yeah, are all are starting to use lasers. Yeah. yeah, so I'm wondering whether we're going back to the DL, DL days. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I see it coming, um, but in a different way, you know, I think as opposed to moving uh, video projectors. I think it's just going to be a little bit different. And, you know, at that AVO thing, one of the things we were commenting on uh, yesterday when we were talking to Steve was how their their media server and their board combine in a way that nobody else's does. So yep. usually you've got the board triggering things in the media server. Here they work, you know, together and the board is part of the media server and the media server is part of the board. But looking up at the display they had where lasers were pixels. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. That blew me away. That I mean, you had lasers, cool. LED moving fixtures, LED strips, uh, LED screens, all made into one big wall, and they were just running video through that wall, and everything became a pixel. And I was like, wow, that is crazy. You know, it, it was just a really, really cool look. The math for that is beyond me. It's nuts. I mean, it really is nuts, the math. 
So yeah, I mean the so the Stelos is cool. Everybody's pretty excited about that thing. Um, you know, the new Elation fixtures are beautiful. The, I think some of the stuff Martin's doing is is really nice. Martin's kind of, you know, back again. So I think, you know, they took a little while off of innovation and and uh, weren't coming out with a lot of new stuff and maybe weren't uh, doing the greatest job communicating to their customer base. They're doing a better job at that now, it seems, or at least they're committed to doing a better job. They're trying to come out from under, you know, the big corporate ownership and say, we're still here, guys. We're over here. We're we're working for you. So that's a good thing. I mean, I obviously have a lot of history there. Of course. The new high-end stuff's incredible. Yep. Uh, the Sola Picks, Sola, whatever it's called. Sola, Sola High Beams. Sola, Sola Picks is Sola, the one I'm yeah. talking about. But it's it's the one where there's a lens that's about like this, and it looks like the center color is different. It looks like an edge lit lens. So it looks like it's using like some something to edge light the LED or to, to edge light the lens. And then the center of the lens is like a different color. So um, that is really, really cool. And it's not actually edge lit. It's just, uh, it's, it's a diffused edge is yeah. really what it comes down to. And I was talking to Bellevue at High End about it yesterday and really super cool looking fixture. You can see it as you're walking through the show, it just catches your attention and you go, whoa, what is that? You know, because it kind of looks like a BI, but way cooler, you know? Wow. So, All on my list. Yeah. And, and the notch stuff is always, is always fascinating. Of course, yeah. The notch stuff is cool. Um, it, sticking with moving lights just for one more second, that SGM thing, the Beast, yeah. is Beast, pretty cool yeah, looking. strobe light in it. Yeah, just absolutely. different. You know, it looks like a... Parabolic reflector. An old yeah, it looks like light. an old para yeah. parabolic reflector, but it's a moving light, and it's got this LED strobe in the center of it. And just a cool look, different, unique look. Um, you know, of course, the Roby booth is massive and beautiful. And so, yeah, there's a lot of really cool stuff to see this year. And it's a little bit more uh, more exciting, I think, than it's been for the past couple of years. There's some real cool innovation. And one of the things we were talking about this week on a podcast was that suddenly the follow spot business has become very disruptive. So <clears throat> both um, light sources you know, moving to LED sources in follow spots. Yep. But then you also have um, the automation thing again, where it's tracking performers. And there's, you know, there's a bunch of different ways of doing that that are, some are being shown here. Um, and, and we talked about that a little bit. But um, the other thing is like the ground control or robo spot yep. system where, you know, follow spot operators are not in the truss anymore. They're in the VOMs or in a truck out back or, uh, in the parking lot or whatever. And, uh, and, um, you know, they're, they're using a screen instead of looking at the, directly at the stage from the, from the truss, you know, safety, um, sight lines, everything. I mean, it just makes it so much easier to have follow spot operators that are not up in the truss. Right. So I, I, it's, it's an interesting thing that suddenly we're all talking about follow spots, you know, which is a, an ancient technology that hasn't changed, you know, in a hundred years, you know, it's same old xenon stuff forever, right? But I, I remember doing a show recently where they were using a, some Roby, um, you know, what, what's the Roby system called? RoboSpot, Ro, Ro, RoboSpot, right? Isn't it called RoboSpot? The Roby ground ground control system. Anyways, I think it's uh, called RoboSpot. The, uh, the production manager saw that and he goes, "Wow." Ah. Hey, I could put a camera out here. We could get rid of front of house. Uh -huh. <laughs> the lighting yeah. guys, and you know, 
the light and sound guy in chorus went, no. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's called RoboSpot. But they'll try that someday. No, I mean, they're, they're, you know, the remote control camera stuff now is starting to really, really take off also some of these systems. A lot, some of the Splinter stuff was, uh, uh, some of the technology there involves that, you know, so. Yeah. Pretty cool. So, uh, I know you get involved in, like, mentoring, um, charity, you know, all the things that we love about our industry, like the things where people are bringing young kids under their wing or they're taking care of others or helping others. I know you get involved in some of this stuff. Is there anything that you want to talk about well, I, I or think mention? I, you know, I think it's, uh, it's where people start. I yeah. mean, if, if, if anybody, te- you know, from a teenager on has interest in it, um, they should come. Yeah. They should see what we do. You know, obviously we can't throw you on the, uh, onto a show, but you know, if you, if you start early enough, it becomes second nature. Yeah. It's like learning another language. Yeah. And uh, it's good for everyone. But Bob, one of the things I think if you haven't done it already, I, I think you should be at the University of Hawaii speaking to kids and telling them your story you, what, that you just told us, which mm-hmm. is basically at 12 years old, I started a film company. This is what we did. And, you know, so show some slides behind you of, of even if they're made up pictures of stuff that you did um, and of Charlie Chaplin. And I was cutting lawns. And and then uh, by the time I was 16, I realized I really wanted a lighting company. And here's my first big client. And it was Kiss. And you show that yep. picture. And these people are going to it's going to be all oohs and ahs. And, yep. and uh, wow, I can do something. You know, I don't have to wait for my parents to, you know, nurse me into a job. And I don't have to go through 10 years of college before I can actually go out and do something, right? That's so I, I think you're an inspiration to, uh, to you know, not just kids, but, you know, anyone looking to get into this business or any business. Just basically do something. Yeah, great. <laughs> do something, right? Motivational, entrepreneurial story, right? And that's what you need, really, to tell you the truth. I mean, you know, getting out of college or, you know, out of an educational institution and looking for a job, that's one way to do it. But to be inspired to be in business is, wow. I, I think I was, I was really lucky to have parents who just never said no. Yeah, that's amazing. And, and I didn't abuse the, the opportunity. Yeah, yeah, you, you yeah. knew the boundaries, right? So yes. that's a good thing. Well, my, my son has a dad who is a little bit like that, but I've had to learn to say no because he's in motorsports and yeah, you know, right. in motorsports you have to say no quite often because it's like, no son, I cannot afford to put you in that. But, um, uh, yeah, I mean, awesome having you in here today. We appreciate very much you doing it. I know you've got a limited time before you've got to, uh, get back to Hawaii. So, uh, <laughs> hula your way for those door, of you right? who know Bob Harmon, he is now doing a hula dance for yeah. us. And that was, uh, that was something that I wish we had video <laughs> for, as opposed to just audio on a podcast, but, uh, thanks so much. And hopefully we'll see you again on the, sh- on the show floor. And, um, you know, if there's anything you see that's outrageous that you want to share with us, uh, shoot us an email or something and just say, Hey, you got to see this thing and we'll talk about it or whatever. But, uh, Thanks again, Bob. You're we appreciate welcome. it. And thank you for the coffee. And Thanks, thank you. You're official geezer now. There you go.
sweet, sweet thing. You never buy, but you always stay. You're my sweet, 